All right, folks. We all know that one of the most common mishaps in hunting is damage to your rifle scope. Last year, I found the solution to that problem with the Stealthy Hunter rifle cover. It wraps around your scope and action securely to protect it from getting knocked off of zero or even severely damaged. Stealthy Hunter also has a glassing pad and a wide variety of supplements for the outdoorsman, such as protein powder, CBD products, turmeric, and gut health supplements. They also make a lightweight trauma kit weighing in at just 14 ounces that includes everything you need and nothing you don't for all of your backcountry medical emergencies. To shop all of their equipment and supplements, go to StealthyHunter.com and enter the discount code at checkout, The Northern Hunter, to save on your order today. All Stealthy Hunter equipment is proudly made in the USA. Listening to the Northern Hunter Podcast, home of all things hunting, fishing, and outdoors in Alaska. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. My name is James Payne. I'm Ryan Humphreys. And today we are tackling a little bit of seasonal differences coming up mm-hmm. and uh, things you might want to know, ways to stay out of trouble, and a little bit of etiquette for the coming season. We This one's releasing, what is it, the 26th yep. of October? So trapping. Predator hunting, all that's right around the corner. We've talked with some great people with, about that a little bit. Um, and today we're going to dive into more of the reg side of things mm-hmm. and licensing, making sure you know what you can and can't do. Keep yourself out of trouble. So before we dive into that, uh, if you guys like what we're doing here at the Northern Hunter, make sure you are uh, helping us grow as fast as we can. Mm-hmm. Uh, easiest way to do that is subscribe to the show on whatever platform you're listening to it on. Leave us a rating and a written review if you would be so kind. That really helps out. Uh, we don't really do any kind of uh, paid marketing here, so you guys are our best bet. So send it to all your friends if you if you think they can use the information we're sharing here. Uh, if you'd like to ask us a question, you can reach out to either our social medias if you search at the Northern Hunter, either Facebook or Instagram, or go to thenorthernhunter.com and we've got a nice contact button there. We're going to be doing some Q and A episodes coming yeah. up here soon. Yeah. Got a little bit of a stash of emails there. Uh, and if you'd like to support us financially, uh, we would really appreciate that. We're always trying to do more stuff, get into new avenues. So uh, we have a shop page on our website. We got some merch, some hats, hoodies, t-shirts. Um, and our partners page is full of great companies, sell great gear, all related to hunting and getting you out in the woods. Uh, they've given us some discount codes. It's all listed right there on the partners page on the website or in the show notes of this episode. So if you click those links, use those discount codes, Helps them out, helps us out, and we really appreciate all the uh, all the support from all the listeners. Uh, it's kind of the whole reason we do. That. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, going into wintertime up here, there's it gets pretty long, dark, cold. It does. It does. Nasty. Uh, there's a couple things you can do to keep yourself busy. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if you're an ice fisherman, then obviously you'll be going out and doing that. But for most of us. Uh, <laughs> if ice fishing can be considered busy yeah you know, you're doing I mean, at least you're out of the house right, right, right. <laughs> go hang out in a plywood shack on a lake right? <laughs> with a fire blazing though if right, you, if right. you can, if you can swing that heater or propane whatever, heater right? yeah. Yeah. so that's the best way to do it um, but for trapping or hunting um, you can continue that through the winters in Alaska um, there's several different ways to do that Um, but understanding that there are different licenses for different seasons and different rules Mm -hmm. for each license is important before you try to go out and do anything. Um, Alaska has three primary licenses that I think if you're going to go get, if you're, if you plan on kind of living an outdoor life in Alaska Mm -hmm. and just getting out and getting busy, you should get all three. You should. Um, I I have all three on, on one piece of paper because I get them all at the exact same time. So I don't have to carry multiple licenses or anything like that. And that's your fishing license, your hunting license, and Mm -hmm. your trapping license. Trapping license is the one that's becoming very relevant very quickly. Yes. Um, Starting November 1st, you're going to use that a lot. So uh, let's see here. The pricing difference too, I'm going to look at this real fast. I have this pulled up up at the top. The pricing difference isn't actually that much. It's like 85 bucks for all three of them. So if you get... 
just your hunting and trapping, it's 65 bucks. Just trapping is 25 bucks. If you get the bundle with fishing included, yeah, it's $85. So really not a whole lot, especially when you look at other states mm-hmm. and what other states are yeah. charging for hunting licenses and considering the fact that we don't have to buy tags or anything like that up here. Uh, you get all your tags over the counter. Right. It really just makes sense to spend the extra, you know, 20 bucks mm-hmm. or something like that to, to have a little bit more freedom, a little bit more ability to get out and do stuff. Um, but why would you want a trapping license in addition to your hunting license? Um, you can hunt through the winter with your hunting license if you're trying to go after a couple of specific mm-hmm. critters but it really limits you to basically wolf and wolverine. Right. Um, if you're looking at the, the hunting regs, uh, you know, you scroll down, let's say, we'll just use t- unit 20. That's our, our home unit. That's around Fairbanks area, 20B specifically. Um, 20B, if you scroll down in the regs, you're going to see that at the bottom underneath sheep, there is a section for wolf and wolverine. Mm-hmm. Now, those are the legal parameters for taking a wolf or a wolverine under a hunting license right um and you're going to notice that the those seasons do go over winter so if you only want to hunt wolf and wolverine then or you know any of that then you can do that with a hunting license Mm -hmm. can't trap them though so with a hunting license you can hunt more than just wolf and wolverine Mm mm-hmm Wolf and Wolverine are listed under listed with bag limits under each unit, right? Yeah. But if you go to the very end of the tra- uh, hunting regulations, the very end after unit 26, okay. um, you'll see a fur animals, small game, unclassified game, and deleterious exotic wildlife section. Mm, yeah. Um, yep. But specifically talking about fur, fur animals, uh, which is how the hunting regulations uh, classifies them. Right, yeah. You can hunt beaver, coyote, Arctic fox, red fox, lynx, and squirrel. <laughs> yeah. Squirrel are, I'm surprised, aren't under small game, but. <laughs> Units 1 through 26, no limit, no close season. <laughs> right, right. Now, the biggest difference here is going to be the fact that uh, you have, the units are different. Yes, um, yeah. The, the unit regulations are different under your hunting versus your trapping. Mm-hmm. Uh, you cannot trap under right. hunting regulations, yep. right? So this uh, applies to predator hunting, yes. basically, yeah. You can, you could, yeah. And then, you, you know, you can't hunt with a light with hunting regulations, with mm. a hunting license. Gotcha, okay. okay. That's a yep. trapping reg only thing? That's a trap, yep. Okay, gotcha. Um, so there's a lot of exceptions that exist for trapping type stuff, right? Right, yeah. But like, so with Red Fox, um, depending on the units you're in, you can get two mm-hmm. or 10. Some of them, no open season. And like for hunting regulations links, doesn't mm-hmm. matter where you're at. If they're open, it's only two links. Yeah. Under a hunting license. So there is a little bit you can do there, but the amount you can do is much, much less. Right, right. And in a lot of places, I, I think you mentioned this earlier, but like if you go up to, let's just say, unit 20 in the, the trapping regs, mm-hmm. links, um, you know, your, your seasons are a little bit different. It yep. starts, you know, differently than it would if you were under a hunting reg. But yeah, right here under limit, no limit. Right. So you don't have to worry about any of that if you get a trapping license. Right. Um, the other big difference is when you're looking at the sealing requirements mm-hmm. um, of certain animals. Uh, so the sealing requirements typically under the, the hunting regulations are that you have to take it in to get sealed. If, if the state requires you in that unit for that animal mm-hmm. to be sealed under a hunt, if it was harvested under a hunting license, then it needs to be done within 30 days of the kill. Right. With a trapping license, you can basically push that out till with it, or within 30 days of mm-hmm. the close of season. Um, so you can, you have a lot more leniency there. Right. Now you still have to, you know, obviously keep track of everything and actually take it in and legally yeah. get it sealed if you are legally required to. However, with a trapping license, you're able to go out farther you know, stash your furs, you know, mm-hmm. wherever you're, you're stashing them. A lot of people right. have remote cabins that they'll go to and stuff like that for trapping. Um, and you don't have to worry about if you shot one in early November yeah. that you have to get it in there before early December, right? Right. You can run it out to the end of that season and then, then get it sealed. Right. Um, so it opens up a lot of, a lot of leeway there, I guess you could say. Another thing big difference between hunting predator hunting with a hunting license versus mm. a trapping license 
is there's uh, weapons restricted areas and right. in the state all over the state yeah. right uh you know for bow versus rifle versus you know size of rifle yeah which you can hunt with what size of rifle right um i know you can't hunt with rimfire in most places right. yeah. yeah but under a trapping license you can mm-hmm. um and so just make sure if you're hunting under a hunting license hunt predator hunting with a hunting license make sure you have the right you know the right weapon and area and what mm-hmm. you are it opens up opportunities to yeah. have a trapping license in almost every case right right it's usually longer seasons bigger big bag limits like we talked about more weapon choices you can trap if you want right mm-hmm. you, you find a spot you want to trap and it gives you the opportunity to use like i said use things like lights yeah that's a good one yeah and, and there's a lot of details on that as well um so actually that's a good good way to get into this how to stay out of trouble um so (laughs) we will highlight a couple of the big ones um so for anybody that's curious if you could just google search uh adf and g trapping regulations you the it's like the second one down from that google search will give you the the year so 2023 to 2024 was the first one for me was it? Yeah, there was one above it for me, but uh, but it'll and then that'll get you the PDF to look at all of this. But we're just going to touch on a couple of big ones, um, just to kind of broadcast it out there and just you know give people that might not want to go through and read the whole book uh, a couple of pointers. Um, Which you should do. Yeah, you should definitely read the book. Absolutely. Um, you know, that's the the big thing in this state is that ignorance is not an excuse, nope. and the regs for both trapping and hunting are very in-depth um and they've you know they've seen a lot of people try to pull loopholes and they've you know tried to close those loopholes Mm -hmm. as best they can um so definitely you know make sure you're you're reading up on what you can and can't do read everything pertaining to what you're doing right yeah if you're only hunting moose you don't have to read everything on bears right yeah exactly well and and, you know honestly speaking especially speaking to the alaskan audience the people who live here Mm -hmm. They do break it down by area pretty good. Oh, yeah. They, you know, by area I mean, and by species. Right. Yeah, by area and by species. So even in the trapping regs, you know, they break it down into certain parts of southeast, certain yeah. parts of south central, certain parts of the interior, certain parts of uh, way up north. Yeah. Um, and so if you're looking at going to that specific area, it's really easy to kind of zoom in in exactly. the regs and not have to read all 100 pages or whatever right. it might be. Um, and, but at the beginning of every book, there's a lot of pages of do's and don'ts, things you should know, things you should check before you go out there. Uh, if you're reading into the trapping regulations, you know, there's a lot of uh, different par- I mean, there's, I mean, you're on page, golly, almost 20 by the time you even get into the, the real, like, unit regs. Right. Um, but- everything above that is all information for hunters and trappers before they get out in the field. And the um, hunting regulations, you're almost on page 40. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And those are very important pages they to are. read because yeah. they highlight a lot of really really good information. Um, you know, here they have whole sections on, on bag limits in different areas. Uh, what you can use as bait for trapping. Uh, you know, permit, getting extra permits for, for problem beaver control and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, so definitely go through and read all of these. Um, as far as people looking at going out for, uh, uh, trapping and really, I guess this applies to, to hunting too, because of the, this does include the hunting with artificial light section. Right. Um, which is very important for people looking to do this if they're going to go out predator hunting. So a couple of the ones I highlighted here that I wanted to touch on that I felt were, were important ones for people to, to hear. Um, the same rules apply for wintertime as for normal hunting in regards to shooting from, on, or across a highway. Right. Can't do it. Um, you have to be off the drivable surface. Right. You have to be you know, on the same side as the road as the game you're, you're pursuing, shooting away from where people are likely to be. Uh, simply a thing of, you know responsibility honestly makes it's perfect logical common sense but they have to put it in there anyway so cannot shoot while you're standing on the road um in most cases there are a few exceptions for hunting wolf and stuff like that but in most cases you cannot shoot from a vehicle either right um so you want to make sure that you are getting out of your truck 
you're not, you, you can't sit there. You can't put the, the predator call outside and sit in the nice warm truck and hope something, you know, <laughs> runs towards you. Um, and then shoot it from the driver's seat, right? Can't do it. Right. Um, like I said, there's, there's a few, it does even say in here, there's a few exceptions, you know, and to read further, it gives you the page to go to and all yeah, that. Yeah. Um, but honestly, nothing, none of that applies to most of what we're going to be doing. Um, so for Wolf and Wolverine, um, the airplane rules, the flying rules, yeah. uh, you cannot shoot a wolf or a Wolverine with a firearm until 3 a.m. Fo- the following day that you have flown a plane. Mm-hmm. Same as big game, right? That, that applies to caribou, that applies to moose, that applies right, to everything. Right. Um, same applies for those. Now, there is um, a section in here, and this often goes by, by area, but you can shoot like, like it does specific, specifically say like coyotes. Yep. Um, there's a, a part in there where you can shoot uh, a coyote the same day you fly if you're a certain distance away from the plane. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of those things that you have to look into, make sure you're educated on for the area you're going to be in if you're flying in somewhere. Um, let's see here. What's, what's the next one I've put down? Uh, use an aircraft, snow machine, motor driven boat, or other motorized vehicle for the purpose of driving, herding, or molesting fur bears. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Same as in the hunting regs. It's yeah, weird. Imagine that. Um, so. <laughs> So you cannot run down fox on your snow machine, is what that you means. You can't like uh, um, see a wolverine running along and like just park on it. <laughs> Basically, okay, yeah. okay. I think that falls under okay. harassment. Unless <laughs> <laughs> well, was a total accident, and you could prove it. <laughs> right. right. Um, but yeah, you're not allowed to you know push them around, exactly. run them yeah. down, wear them out, get them tired, like any of that. Like you, you can obviously use a snow machine to position yourself, right? right. If you're going to go hunt on this side of the hill, you can use the snow machine to get on that side of the hill even after you've seen a fox run yeah. through the valley. That's not harassing the animal. Right. Um, but yeah, you cannot go full tilt boogie chase straight towards yeah. them yeah, yeah. And, and go chase them down. So keep that in mind. Um, also the same, uh, you, can, you cannot take fur bears with the use or aid of a machine gun, set gun, or a shotgun larger than 10 gauge. Oh man! I <laughs> know, yeah, I know. It just it doesn't. It's I don't, like they're I don't just running it. in from everywhere, and I just can't shoot fast <laughs> enough. You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> Got to bring your saw out there. <laughs> uh, I need a punt gun. You know, exactly, exactly. Um, so, and this is where we get into a little bit more specific for these ones. So, you had t- you had mentioned artificial light, yeah, and we've talked about artificial light several times on the on the podcast, mm-hmm. um, using that to chase fur bears and whatnot. Um, so this is a little bit of a long paragraph, so bear with me. Um, I think I have read this once before on the show in the early episodes we were doing. I I, I don't even know if we were in the twenties by then because it's it's a very similar, um, very similar paragraph to what's in other areas of the regs. Uh, but so this says you shall not take fur bears with the aid of a pit fire light other than sunlight or moonlight, laser light, excluding rangefinders, electronically enhanced night vision, any forward-looking infrared device, any device that has been airborne, controlled remotely, or communicates wirelessly, and used to spot and locate game uh, with the use of a camera or video device, any camera or other sensory device that can send messages through wireless communication, Artificial salt licks, explosives, expanding gas arrows, bombs, smoke, deer urine, elk urine, chemical, excluding scent lures, or a conventional steel trap with an inside jaw spread over nine inches. Um, exception with the killer, killer style body grip traps. You can use those. Um, that with the jaws that spread less than 13 inches may be used. Did I read that correctly? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That seems okay. Like a Connor Bear style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So artifi- now this is the part you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Artificial light may be used for the purpose of taking fur bears November first through March thirty first in unit seven and nine through twenty six. Um yeah. during an open season. So if you live in unit seven or units nine through twenty six, you can use artificial light being a spotlight, mm-hmm. a flood beam, uh a rifle mounted light, some yep. kind of flashlight style artificial light um, to 
harvest fur bears. Now I have called because there are this is this is one that confused me. So in in a different part of the uh, regulations, it specifies um, it includes night vision, uh, infrared, and you know mm-hmm. all of those different technologies as artificial light. And then here it says artificial light may be used. Right. So it, I actually I did I did call I verified and I was like, hey, these fall under the definition of artificial light in one section. It says I can use artificial light here. Is that all inclusive? And no, it's not. It is simply a, a beam of light projected from a flashlight of some sort. Um, mm-hmm. So still cannot use any kind of night vision per se. Um, but if you're in those units during that time chasing a legal animal, you're well within your rights. Otherwise, sorry, can't do it. Uh, let's see here. Here's a big one. Uh, you cannot disturb or destroy beaver houses or any fur bearer den. This is a, this is a point I like, except muskrat mus, muskrat push-ups or feeding houses that may be dis- mm-hmm. disturbed during the course of trapping, which you talked about a couple episodes point, ago. Yeah. yeah. So those are some of the big, uh, the big ones I, I highlighted um, just to keep people out of trouble. There's probably twice as many of that, if not more, yeah. on this list, and it just continues down. And then, of course, each individual area is going to have mm-hmm. its own set of additional or loosened regulations. Right. So, so one big thing to talk about is incidental catch. Yeah. Uh, with trapping, specifically. Yeah. And it's just in the regs right after this, right after what we just read. And, and with the incidental catch, what that means is if you catch... Um, a moose. Caribou, deer, or moose. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, there's other incidental catch birds and such and in the... In the the, the regulations, the rules on those. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there even is written rules on those, but uh, that you'll catch. But uh, if you take a caribou deer or moose, big game, mm-hmm. um, you know, incidental catch. So you catch it. In a, usually that's going to be like in a wolf snare is mm. where those get right, caught. Right, right, yeah. Um, and if they, if, if it dies there, mm-hmm. your caribou deer or moose is served, right? If yep. it dies at the location as a result of being caught, you are not allowed to continue to trap that location mm. or fur bears, you know, or set up more for oh, okay. fur bears at that location. You can't trap incidental catch. Gotcha. Um, and you are required to, uh, to salvage the meat and turn it into the state. It, to report oh, okay. the catch and turn it into the state, right? Got, yeah, same as you would on like a DLP or anything yes. else like that where yeah. an animal was taken out of season. Right. Yeah. Um, and you must move all active traps and snares at least 300 feet from the site for the remainder of the regulatory year. Mm, okay. So that, you know, that's a big, that's a big deal. That is a big deal. That's a good thing to know. Cause I can really, really goof up somebody's, uh, line if, if there's yeah. not really a good area close well, to where and, they're and to, there's to things, di- divert the trap line. You know, it's, it's obviously not foolproof, but there are things you can do mm. and there. I don't believe they're required in the state, uh, mm. but you can do stops at the end of your wolf snares so that it can't quite close all the way around, say the uh, leg of a moose. So yeah. it doesn't cut off the blood supply. Right. And mm-hmm. if, he can, if a moose can stay alive, you know, unless wolves find right. him while he's, while he's stuck there. Right. Right. Usually a moose will break a tree off. Yeah. Especially if you put, you know, on smaller trees. Well, and a lot of times on those leads too, you can get breakaway clips can, um, right. that, that if something the size of a moose gets in there, exactly. you know, as strong as they are, they'll be able to break away and take that snare right. with them and, you lose a snare and that sucks, right. but at least you didn't, right. <laughs> at least you didn't kill a moose accidentally. Well, and, and it's funny because you would think that when something like a moose would step into a snare, mm. put his leg in a snare or whatever, that they would, um, do their best to uh, get out and mm. yank on it. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes yeah. you've got to, uh, you just, you know, you, 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 you're usually riding your sleds, you're on your trap line and you come up to us. Oh, look, there's a stomped spot and there's a moose standing there. Mm. And sometimes all it takes is some shouting, some yelling. And then they try to get out. And they'll try to break away. Like, yeah. you know, you, you rev up your sleds, you ride it towards them. Like, <laughs> you know, it sounds like harassment, but you're getting them to break away so that well, they're right, safe. Yeah. Right, yeah. And, and so that they're running the other direction and it doesn't turn into a DLP kind exactly, of Exactly, yeah. exactly. Huh. <laughs> they just kind of accept their fate. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. You'd think they really would try hard to get away, but yeah, it, I'm speaking from experience. Right, right. <laughs> now, there is, there is an important caveat to that. Under the section earlier that says mm-hmm. bait, you can use, you know, under what bait you can use for trapping, you are allowed to use game that died of natural causes. 
Yes. So long as the game is not moved from the location where it was found. Um, so if you find, let's say, uh, a wolf killed moose, right? Mm-hmm. You can set up wolf snares surrounding that dead moose, expecting those wolves to come yep, back. Exactly. And and that is a legal use of of a big game animal that's been killed in the woods. Right. But it does say <laughs> natural causes does not include death caused by human. Ergo, any kind of poaching or incidental cast yep, like they yep. just mentioned there. So yeah, and you but you can take out you know, if you to save your moose guts or or whatever, you can take that out and yes. use those to trap off of. Yes, yes. Cannot and, use edible meat. Yeah, they they break it down really good. Yeah, the hide, viscera, head, bone, right. any legally taken game. Um you can use it says here any part of a non game species animal species. Um so agricultural animals, yep. things like that. Um it has, you know, it outlines everything here as far as like what what parts of fish you can use, right. uh, what kinds of fish you can use, um, and and it's really really good information for anybody who's looking at getting into trapping. We're going to be talking about that in some future episodes a lot, um, and that's page twelve if you're curious mm-hmm. what you can use on the on the trapping regs. So, um, well, this has been good. Let's take a real quick break, and I want to get into some etiquette. Hammer Bullets produces what we at The Northern Hunter consider to be the most premium and best working monolithic bullets on the market today. These bullets are easy to load, extremely accurate, and best of all, they're always in stock and ready to ship. The guys at Hammer designed them so that after penetrating the hide of an animal, it sheds its petals, initiating a massive energy dump while retaining the rear shank for maximum penetration. These bullets are built with 100% focus on how they perform on game, and their proprietary designs produce great VCs with specialized pressure grooves for amazing inherent accuracy and speed. They have a minimum expansion velocity of 1,800 feet per second, which allows for long-range shots, but with no maximum velocity, making them perfect for every cartridge from your granddaddy's old 3030 to the high-velocity round like the Weatherby 3378 without having to worry about your bullet failing. To view their expansive selection and find the perfect match for your hunting needs, go to hammerbullets.com and use discount code THENORTHERNHUNTER to drop the hammer on your next adventure. All right, guys. So so that was a few of the points for the the regs. Obviously, go and read them for yourself. Um, Be educated. Know what you're getting yourself into. But I want to divert a little bit and talk about not so much legal i mean there there is one legal thing here mm-hmm. i'm going to talk about but more just etiquette when you're in the woods in the winter time trapping hunting things like that um because with trapping and predator hunting things get a little tighter mm-hmm. than they typically do with uh with big game hunting so we'll get into that but initially i want to make sure everybody understands their rights, and if you don't like trapping, your, you know, your limitation. Right. So just like there's hunter harassment laws, there is trapper harassment laws. Um, it is. I'll, I'll just read what they have here. It is against state law to intentionally obstruct or hinder another person's lawful hunting, fishing, trapping, or viewing of fishing and game. So it's the exact same statute. Mm-hmm. Uh, le- illegal activities include positioning oneself in a location where human presence may alter the behavior of fish or game another person is pursuing. Uh, This includes tampering with traps. It is illegal to create sight, sound, smell, or physical stimulus to alter the behavior of fish or game another person is attempting to take. Um, Now, it does state here that this law does not prohibit lawful competitive practices, Mm -hmm. right? So if you're just happen to be hunting the same field as another guy or whatever like that's that's not hunter harassment like don't try to claim those laws don't be that guy um but violators of this statute are subject to a fine of up to 500 dollars and up to 30 days in jail so how does this apply specifically to what people are going to be getting into in the winter um one thing you'll hear about a lot trapping's kind of a touchy subject with some people some people don't Mm -hmm. like the practice they think it's harsh they think it's right. inhumane not realizing that you know animals freeze to death of natural causes a lot anyways in the woods right. and a lot of right. these body traps and whatnot it's a pretty pretty instant kill um you know even snares you know snares are pretty quick in most cases if they're caught in the right area mm-hmm. um 
you know, so trapping is, is a legal practice. It's an ethical practice. There's no, no moral issues with trapping, but you will have people that occasionally take issue with it and they will yep. take it upon themselves to find trap lines and run down. And, or if they just happen to be out or just happen to be out on their, on their cross country skis exactly. and, you know, and exactly. going down your trap line. Um, and you know, they'll set off your traps if you have a bunch of, yeah footholds or um they'll you know cut your snare wire they'll do all kinds of stuff that's all highly illegal it is very um, much so. if you are finding yourself in a situation where somebody's doing that to your line that is very illegal on their part set and up a trail if, camera set up a trail camera if you're able to identify them mm-hmm. identify the vehicle that they drive up in you can get that information to the troopers right they'll take care of it um uh other situations uh you know we've had issues in the past with people at bear bait bringing in like bleach if they find mm-hmm. your bear bait and they don't mm-hmm. like that you're bear baiting there and they'll, they'll spray bleach all over the place um people will do the same thing with with trap lines and stuff like that they'll they'll try to disturb the area as much as they can right. they might not set your traps off but they'll try to just dissuade animals from being on mm-hmm. that line for in, in whatever way um also highly illegal uh if you are in the practice of predator calling and you're set up somewhere and somebody realizes you're you're in there and maybe you're not very far from the truck right sometimes you you have to be sometimes you don't have to be Mm -hmm. and they pull up park right behind you and they're blaring their horn and they're you know trying to scare stuff away that's also illegal that is hunter harassment trapper harassment so make sure you understand that you have legal protection over these activities you're not doing anything wrong you're not doing Mm -hmm. anything illegal if anybody has a moral qualm with that they can take it up with the regs and the law right yeah, you know, they they do often. You know, we talk all the time about how hunters and, and outdoorsmen need to make sure they're keeping an eye on what's going through as far as lawsuits and and you know a, applied changes to regs and stuff like that because there's always a battle going on trying to take the rights of people trying to get out here and just do legal and ethical harvest. Yeah, you know, in ways that have been traditional and used for you know as long as we've been around, basically. Right. Um, you know, firearms have been used to kill animals as long as firearms have existed <laughs> like, yeah. it's not a new thing you know before that it was bows and you know sticks and bows um and rocks and stuff like that i mean there's always been hunting always been trapping um so but you are protected based on the the laws here but don't be I'm trying to figure out how to how to word this don't push it as a trapper as a trapper or even oh. a, or a predator hunter right um there are good practices to stick with. There are ways to go about your business and your legal activity yeah. politely. Um, there are ways to do it in a way that it doesn't impact other people where you're not harassing the public, you know, with your right. legal activity. Right. Um, and a lot of that just also kind of falls back to what's highlighted in those first 20 pages of the, tra- of the trapping regs as far as understanding where private land falls in regards to your trap line if you're going to be near civilization Mm -hmm. you know if you're trapping right outside of town um one of the good things to do is make sure you're not running a trap line right across the backside of somebody's property yeah you know a lot of property uh in the north star borough which is where we live borders state land borders borough land borders you know public use areas um you know, you got to make sure that if you're going to be in an area where people might have pets mm-hmm. that run out and, you know, if they're running a farm or something like that and they've got a dog that just kind of roams the, roams the yard and keeps things safe, uh, which is common practice also. Right. You know, make sure that you're not endangering people's pets uh, because that's a good way. It's still illegal for them to mess with your traps, but it's also there are guidelines for where you can set your traps in regards to where public people go. There's a lot of trails in the Fairbanks area, and I'm just using the Fairbanks area as a representation because that's where we live. It doesn't give anything away, right? Yeah, it doesn't give anything away. There's tons of people here. If you're trapping around Fairbanks, you're probably not doing that great anyway. <laughs> um, but, you know, ultimately speaking, there's a lot of trails here that people use recreationally mm-hmm. on a regular basis. You know, there's several around my house where, you know, you can go miles and miles and miles of winter, winter trail. And it would be great phenomenal trapping areas but there's people back there with their pets there's people back there with you know children there's people back there that are that are just trying to have a good time Mm -hmm. you know just as much as you don't want them ruining your hunting 
they you, you can be courteous both directions. Right. You can not be in their way and they can stay out of your way at the same time. Yeah. Well, and so in that, I mean, any from from both perspectives, right? Mm-hmm. From the people who may not be trappers, but you're going to it doesn't matter what trail you go run your trap line on mm-hmm. unless you hike and make yourself one path where only you can walk and then you hike it you're going to have other people ride your trail at some yeah, point, right? There's going to be traffic. Somebody's going to be out snow machine and be like, oh, yeah. where does that go? Right, right, right yeah. And they're going to race down it mm-hmm. and, you know, and they'll probably mess up some traps and some sets. It's <laughs> and if it's unintentional, that's not considered harassment. Correct. Yeah. Although I think people should pay attention to what's going on. They should. Right. And we'll yeah. talk about some more of that in a minute. But specifically talking about just good practices, mm-hmm. right? Uh, like you said, you know, people's property or... You know, you know, if you are bordering somebody's property and it's, it's the back 40 of their property, right? Yeah. Yep. There's no sign of any action, no, you know, no human footprints, no mm-hmm. human traffic, right? No, nothing but game. Right. You, you're, you're fine, right? Yeah. There, yeah. There's, you're definitely safe there, but public trails is all you have to trap pretty much. Mm-hmm. And around Fairbanks, like there's some public trail areas I've thought about that are close to my house mm-hmm. that I've thought about walking to set a few snares, maybe some traps. And, and I'm, and I may do that this winter. Mm-hmm. It's a time consuming thing to do. Yeah. But, um, but if you, you got a, a down day in the winter time, it you know, is, then you are, then you got to be out there every week to check it. Right. 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 Yeah. Um, it is a commitment. It is right. But you know, there's certain types of sets I probably wouldn't do mm. in that kind of an area. You could trap off of a very widely used public trail. Mm hmm. And still be, have good practice about it. You know, don't run footholds right next to the trail. Right. right. Yeah. Don't run snares right off the trail. Right. It's not that hard to step, you know, 20 yards off the trail. Yeah. You get 20 yards off the trail, nobody else goes over there, right? Right, yeah. Especially put up trap line signs. Mm-hmm. That's the big one. Put up I, some trap line signs. I was just going to say, there's there's areas that are now considered kind of recreational trails that were originally trap lines. Yeah. Um, and you'll see a lot of signs where it says like historic trap line and stuff like that. Right. Um, that typically means they've been there longer than you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> like, right. Um, and, and, you know, it, if you see those signs, you know, that typically means like, yes, people use this trail for recreation, but it is actually an official trap line. Be careful with your pets. Yeah. Be careful with everything. So, so you know, another thing for trappers is there's a for for new trappers. You've never done it before. You're mm-hmm. like you, you get it. You get out and looking for spots, and you say you find a spot, and there's some trap line signs. If they look really old, mm-hmm. look for sets. Right. Yeah. Don't look to disturb sets, but look for sets. If you're out there November first, we you know the season opener for most. There's some things that open earlier, right? But mm-hmm. So there might be sets for other game, but um, if you're out there November first, you know maybe give a little bit. If the right. signs don't look, if the signs look really old, well, a lot of guys will wait till December to to set their trap lines, right? Because that's when the fur depends primes on when up the and stuff. Cold is and stuff. So yeah. right now, if the signs are really old, mm-hmm. you know, if they look wore out, if they look twenty, thirty years old, you can barely read the writing on them. <laughs> that's the trapper's fault if he hasn't updated his sign. Right. Set some traps. That's my my opinion of the matter. I mean, Unless make sure he, he's not still there. Right, but yeah. right. Well, that's what I mean. If, yeah. if he hasn't set his traps yet, if it's, you know, November 1st, mm-hmm. and, you know, you've got to make a judgment call at some point, because there's, at some point, you're going to have a hard time finding trails that don't say trap line. Oh, and, that's, that's a very real thing, yeah. Because the trap line tra- signs don't get taken down. Well, and a lot of the trap line signs that you'll see will have identifiers. They'll have the person's name. They'll have, right. sometimes have a phone number. That's true. Um, things like that. And trying to get in, if, if that's the case, yeah. and it looks old, trying to contact the person to see if they're right. still using it is a good practice right. there because you really don't want to get into a, a territory yeah. battle <laughs> over anything. Let me tell you, here's a quick story Yeah. Um, re- regarding that. So I grew up trapping with my dad mm-hmm. and my dad and a buddy of his had inherited a trap line yeah. from, there was a friend of theirs, he had died um, and they bought, you know, there's a trapping cabin and they bought the trapping cabin. So they inherited the trap line mm-hmm. and, and my dad and I actively trapped that for a long time and my dad still does. But, um, in that area, you know, we would trap from, you know, say from the truck to the cabin was about, I think about 10 miles. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was five miles, somewhere five to 10 miles. Yeah. Um, and then we, w- I think we had about a 20 mile line from okay. that went past the cabin. So nothing super long. Yeah. A lot longer than some people are running, you know, but a lot shorter than others. Mm-hmm. And uh, we would, we would run past, and most of our really big stuff was past the cabin because there was a lot more joy riders that would ride that first 
right first yeah. bit so we didn't have you know the in 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 trail traps and stuff unless mm-hmm. it was like side trails that weren't ridden as much we didn't set a lot of those um you know it was more snares and martin pulls and stuff like mm-hmm. that but we get out there one year and we, and we've got signs from the truck to the cabin and passed right they're everywhere yep we want people to know it says traps and snares and trailers phone number there's names well we get out there and right, if I remember right, it was right next to or not far from one of, after you pass one of our signs, there's somebody else's new trapping sign. Oh, really? Right. <laughs> and we're like, huh. <laughs> you know, we didn't see any traps or anything he'd set. You know, we yeah. took a picture of the sign and we got back to town. My dad called him and talked to him. Well, the guy took another trail, went another direction. He was trapping the same valley. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, he would have he been 100% legal to, to set traps on our trail. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. It's not good etiquette. It's not good ethics. It's not good practice. Right, but it's legal. Yeah. You know, it kind of falls under the competition thing, right? Right, yeah, exactly. Uh, but he specifically did his best to stay away from ours, mm-hmm. right? My dad called him. He talked to my dad. He even, I believe he offered to my dad, like, hey, I'll I'll, I'll pull my stuff out if, right. if you don't want me there. And my dad said, no, I'd rather have somebody that's got a good sense about it here. Yeah, right. Yep. You know, and he did some muskrat trapping. He... If I remember right, he wasn't, he didn't even last the year, Mm -hmm. right? He pulled his stuff and did a little bit of stuff with his son, got out and then left. But that's just, you know, good etiquette. Well, and that's the right attitude to have, you know, like, like, like you said, there's nothing illegal about competing for a trapping area, right? Right. I mean, there's nothing saying you can't go 50 yards away from somebody and and start setting more traps, right? Right. But in the same light, is it a good practice? Is it, is it? the right thing to do you know when it comes down to we're all on the same team we're trying for the same thing exactly is it even going to help your success because if you're trapping right next to somebody else's line what if all the animals coming from that side are getting stuck in that guy's traps before they even hit your line you know similar with bear baiting setting up a bear bait close to somebody else is not exactly an ideal situation you want to be in right even if they're getting tons of bears doesn't mean you're going to yeah you know 500 or a couple hundred yards away and the other situation with a trap line or a bear bait is uh, if you do a better job of scent mm-hmm. and attractant, it may just mean that you bring, yeah. yes, you'll bring the critters to the area, but then they get the critters, right? Right, yeah. Well, and, and another thing I've seen too, in addition to just being polite with each other, is like I've seen people that run traps on, um, you know, publicly used trails. Yeah. Um, again, it's something you're allowed to do. Yeah. Um, but a way that they do that to where it's not intrusive necessarily to all the people that are trying to just snowshoe through there mm-hmm. or whatever is they'll go off the trail. Always. Exactly. You know, they go off the right this way, you know, 30 feet or so, 20 feet, whatever, just mm-hmm. off out of, out of their way right. where they're not going to be disturbed. And then you go off the left side a little bit and then you go exactly. down a ways and exactly. you go, and you're just kind of out of each other's way. It's just being polite, being, right. well, be, being in, in a the community, type, I guess. In the types you know? of sets you have in that kind of an area too, it's not necessarily a good idea to have, you might be 20 feet off the trail or 20 yards off the trail mm-hmm. and have a, a lynx set or a fox set, right? Yeah. And well, you know, what's also going to be attracted to that is everybody's dog. Right. Yeah. And those dogs have no sense of right. human smell, you know, trying to guard against that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, that kind of a set, it's not the kind of set I'm going to set where I think people are running their dogs. Yeah. Yep. Um, now I have, what would you set? I, I would do like Mar- uh, Martin poles. Yeah. Right? Don't, you know, dogs aren't going to get into those. Right. Most <laughs> right. Martin poles. I, I'd be fine setting snares, mm-hmm. right? Because you set the snares off the trail. Only time that that might be an issue is if, you know, say if a, a, a rabbit runs across the trail in front of somebody's dog and the dog chases the rabbit and right. it happens to be a trail where you set a snare. Um, you've got signs on the trail. You've done the right thing. Yeah. If they don't have their dog leashed, that's their fault. Yeah. It's just... And in most cases... At some point, there has to be a line, right? Yeah. And, and in most cases, with a snare, you know, if the dog gets caught in a they snare and the owner's there... Their, they they should, should be able to get the dog out. Right. right? Yeah. It, it's not going to be it. They're going to notice the dog gone. They, <laughs> you know, exactly. Like. Exactly. But, but that's just, you know, there's a lot of... There's so many things you can do. If you do set leg holts or something like that off of a main run mm-hmm. like that, get them, you know, really get some distance. You know, something actually that works really well, even on a trap line that maybe hardly anybody ever rides, is to mm-hmm. to make a loop off the line. Like, just leave it and and travel. If you're on a snow machine, you make your own little trail. Yeah, you can leave it and travel through the the brush on in the snow. You know, 
a mile or two if you're on foot you could do a mile or two you can just do a few hundred yards and make a loop leave the trail at one point come back to the trail at another point right kind of use the trail for an access point but not necessarily as you're and then out there you can set those other types of sets Mm -hmm. because you know if anybody's got any sense in their head like oh that must be the trapper's trail especially if you put a sign right there right yeah you know they're not going to take their dogs over there right they're staying on the well-beaten path exactly not taking that offshoot so all of this kind of leads right into the next thing we have written down here, which is trail etiquette. Yes. For the non-trapper. the non-trappers. Yep. People, specifically people who are riding snow machines and such. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and actually there's one other thing that fits in here, and that is there's uh, dog mushers also fit yeah. into this. And dog mushers will set up a, they'll, they'll, there's a trail, they'll, they'll have an area where there's a trail where it's usually it's pretty good flat country. And they'll actually ride it with their four wheeler, and they'll um they'll comb it kind of like the they'll do like like a snow like you will on a hill for snowboarding and skiing, right? Okay, yeah. And because they want that hard, flat, you know, four foot wide space mm-hmm. where they can run their dogs, because that's they're how their dogs operate best. They don't, right. you know, the snow machine trail that's beat up and loose all over the place isn't ideal for what they're doing. Yeah. So they'll they'll actually do that with a wheeler, and then sometimes they'll even run. Um, run their dogs with a wheeler. Mm, yeah. Um, even and so that's that four foot wide, plowed combed area is great for that. Uh, but um, as a snow machiner, at, or <laughs> snowmobile or however you say that, I don't know what the proper <laughs> English word there is for wherever you're listening to this. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, <laughs> as a guy on a sled, yep. <laughs> um, the trail etiquette with the with that is to stay on his trail flat and nice don't gun it don't dig holes in his trail yeah just just be a a good neighbor right (laughs) you know and usually those guys are a little further out of town but there's a lot of snow sledders that go a ways out of town to go oh hey here's a trail right take quartz lake for instance Mm -hmm. there's all kinds of trails out there yep there's also trappers and dog sledders that have trails and stuff out there i've ridden around out there a lot and you know you might ride around and find a trail great but stay on his trail, stay flat, stay nice. Don't ride too fast because if he's coming with his dogs, you got to get off the trail and out of the way. He can't just necessarily right. stop him, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, there, there, ain't, there ain't really an off switch to those guys. <laughs> not like, right, not like not you like, can. Yeah, not like a kill switch on a sled. <laughs> so, and so this, and then where it comes in with, with trail etiquette on a trap line. Mm-hmm. If you see trap line, tra- uh, if you see trap line signs, mm-hmm. right? Trap, snares, and trail. That's what a trap line sign should say just to let people know be careful. Yep. Um, you know, there might be a more public use front part, kind of like we had, right? Where a lot of people rode the front part, but not very many people rode back because the trail got worse. Who wants to ride where there's hit, getting smacked by willow branches, right? Right, right. In that kind of a situation, you want to stay on the trail. Mm. You might be following a trail to see where it goes. Completely legal. Mm-hmm. It's completely legal for you to ride wherever you want out there it on is. your sled. Yeah. But if it says traps, snares, and trail, Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a certain kind of set. It's called a trail set. Mm. And it's set in a specific way. <laughs> it's a trap in the middle of a trail. Right. Right. So for one, don't walk your dog down there. <laughs> and you don't really want to walk yourself down there either. Yeah. Because that's usually a wolf trap and it's a big trap. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you run that trail in a snow machine and you're even halfway off that trail, your ski can put that trap. Oh, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? And can. completely destroy that set. Uh, something that that trapper has worked really hard to put in. It's a lot of work. A lot of times you don't even get off of your sled, mm. right? You like climb onto your onto the sled you're pulling with your snow machine, and you'll work off of there. You'll toss like a drag off the trap, off the trail. Like you work really hard because you don't want any scent on the snow. Yeah, especially for wolves. And you know, riding off the trail at all, you might find snares that way. You might yeah. find traps that way. <laughs> like. If you want to see where something goes, but it's obviously actively been mm-hmm. ridden and there's trap line sales everywhere, sh- trap line signs, signs yeah. yeah, everywhere, ride carefully. You know, I, I get it. It's fun to jump on the side of the trail, gun it, yeah. and ride some powder. Yep. But that's not the place to do it. Well, and there's, the thing is like, yes, there are a lot of trap lines in Alaska, but they're not everywhere necessarily there's a lot of them that are i agree widespread you know i mean there are. you can go anywhere in the state and there's and find a them. lot of trapline trails you're not going to want to ride <laughs> right yeah they're not there for fun <laughs> yeah but there are some in valleys and flat country mm-hmm. yeah and areas that are fun to ride yeah and, and though you know and when you see those signs 
and there's not already tracks everywhere, mm-hmm. you know, it might just be a good idea. You know what? This is somebody's trap line. The nice thing to do here would be to turn around and go ride somewhere else. It's not like we can't find another trail a few miles away. It's wintertime. It's Alaska. Right, right. There's sledders everywhere. There's other trails, right? Anyhow, that's, that's just a big thing that issues we've had with people out there. And, you know, what can you do? You don't know who they are. You know, you just, they're not. Well, and none of this is like an enforceable thing, right? right like it's, it's just being nice to your fellow Alaskans. Yeah, we're, we're all out here trying to enjoy the exactly. same land, you know, and, and and that goes for whether you're the trapper or uh-huh. or the recreational user. Right. You know, if you're out there trapping, then be aware that exactly. people are going to be recreating in that area and, and make your sets accordingly. Put signage up, right. make sure everybody knows you're there. Um, you know, this isn't like you don't have to be a super, super hidden to, to do mm-hmm. this stuff. Um, and, and the same goes for, for other people, you know, it's the same thing you'd mentioned. If you see these, these trap line signs and you want to take your dog on a walk, you know, to, usually if there's traps in the trail, they will put that on the sign, mm-hmm. you know, um, if there's not traps in the trail and they're just kind of trapping off the sides every so right. often, then, you know, they'll, they'll normally just leave that part out of the, out of the sign. Um, it's always a good idea to have your dog on a leash if you have a dog. It is always a good practice. Um, I know it's kind of annoying when you're in the woods and they want to walk around trees and then now you got to walk around the tree and then, you know, it's like, um, but you know, they have these leashes that have, you know, the, the retractable 20 foot right. leads. That's what I use for, for our dog. Um, you know, and if you're on, if you're in an area where there's no trappers, you know, there's no leash laws when you're out in the woods, like right. you know, who cares? Um, but protect your animal. <laughs> That's your animal. It's your responsibility. It's not right. the trapper's responsibility. His responsibility is to let you know that the trap line's there. Exactly. That's as far as his responsibility goes. If he is to let you know that he's there and you decide to run your dog off a leash mm-hmm. and your dog gets stuck in a trap, that is not the trapper's fault. Right. You know, that is your fault for not, prote- not protecting your animal properly right. for the situation you just put it in. Um, and so just understanding those basic guidelines. And again, none of this is legal stuff. You know, we covered more of the legal stuff at the beginning of the show. Exactly. This is all just general good practice. I want to cover one more thing that, mm. co- that really lands on legal legality and ethics. Mm. I talked this spring, um, about what I found while I was out looking for a spot to put a bear bait. You did. Yeah. Touch on I, that again. I found a spot where somebody had put in, looked like they'd hiked in. They may have ridden a sled. I'm not sure, but they'd put in a trap line mm-hmm. and all they had done is put in Martin sets. And they caught Martin. Mm. And it looked like they set their sets. They may have checked it several times, but by the end of the year, they left their sets up. Yep. You know, and there's not, there's not very many good excuses for that. No, there's not. I, you know, only good excuse I can <laughs> say is he's paralyzed. <laughs> um, even then, if he can talk. <laughs> get somebody out get there to somebody go. Out yeah. there, right? It is illegal to leave your traps past the date of it the is. season. Right? Well, and. Um, you can't be out in the woods predator hunting and just not shoot right (laughs) right right yeah unless you don't have a gun and you're just taking pictures well that's legal but right well and it falls under the same clauses like wanton waste and stuff like that if you just if you go out there and you let's say i think you said there was a sign of animals that had been caught correct i I found three petrified martin yeah yep so if you're out there and you've got traps set right and you're catching animals and killing them which i mean as it's stated in the regs you know a human-caused death is not considered exactly. a natural death by fish and game. Right. And I actually had to set off several other traps. Yeah. I also found sign that, you know, some of the sets were chewed up, like, by a bear. Like, mm-hmm. there probably had been something caught. Like, you know, and it, it was disappointing to find. Yeah. You know, like, come on, dude. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, so what if you couldn't get back out here? Like, you got you got to let somebody know. You got to get somebody out right. there. Right. Call call somebody. But at the end of the day, it's your responsibility. It is. And, and, and that is a big thing to touch on, especially at this point. Running a trap line is a big responsibility. Yeah. It sounds all fun and games. It sounds great. It sounds, you know, you, you kind of get these pictures of these old, you know, trappers on, on snowshoes and it kind of looks, you mm-hmm. know, fun and manly and you're out there which sure right right but it depending on the size of your line it can be an absolute full-time job yeah you know um and you are responsible for going and checking those lines you know like you had said you might go out there and set it up you got to be able to get out there every single week and check it right if not multiple times a week depending on where you're at um you know you don't want to just be out there foothold and critters and 
just letting them go to waste. You know, there's mm-hmm. a reason you're out there doing it. Um, and so just understand that before you dive into it. If you if you don't have the time to commit, if you are one of these people that's so busy that you just you you know you're not going to be free every Saturday. You know you're not going to have an evening free every week to go go run this thing if it's a short line. You know, you're mm-hmm. not going to have the time to repeatedly go back and reset and check and harvest and all of these different components. Don't even set it up in the first place. Right. You know, that that's one of the, the few times you'll hear us say don't don't go out in the woods is exactly. if you cannot ethically run that line, don't even bother. Right. Maybe stick to predator hunting. Get yourself a Fox Pro, get yourself yeah. a 22 mag, get out in the woods, you know, a, a little a little mm-hmm. light if you're in one of these units where you can use a light, you know, um and go enjoy that. Right. You know, go pre- go play around with that if you want to if you want to put down some fur. Um and then maybe in a year or two You've got a different job. You have a little bit more time, a little bit more money. You're able to get away a little bit more. Now you can run a trap line. Exactly. That's the biggest thing with new trappers is not understanding the time commitment it's going to take. Right. So one more thing. Mm-hmm. While you're out trapping. See what I did there? <laughs> I like that. Good job. Batum 907 mm-hmm. has trapping lures. They've got a bunch of them. Yeah. I haven't used any of them. Mm-hmm. But they, if they were getting anywhere near what their bear lures were, there's <laughs> right. going to be issues. They got all kinds of pictures of the, uh, you know, fur that people have taken mm-hmm. with their trapping lures. You can get a great discount with our discount code, the Northern Hunter. Or no, it's no, TNHP. TNHP. TNHP yep. <laughs> at checkout with Batum907. Also, I'm going to throw in there um, Stealthy Hunter rifle cover mm, or scope yeah. and ground cover, as he calls it. That's an excellent addition. If, if you don't have a gun boot or something on your sled, because yep. um, a lot of times you are carrying a rifle of some sort while you're trapping just for dispatch, right? Exactly, yeah. A 22 um, long rifle yeah, or something like that It'll help at least. protect your scope, keep the snow out of it all, keep the snow out of the action. Well, and I was going to say for, for snow conditions, that is where, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong, that rifle cover shines yeah. year round, but in snow conditions, I love how it protects the oh, yeah. action and well, everything. When you're riding a sled, like a lot of times you got the pine needles and yep. air, or, you know, yeah, exactly. Yep, and, just, and it's, and, and it's just, it's a phenomenal piece of right, gear. Right, right. It, it's great. And I know I've said it before, but I'll say it again. The glassing pad <laughs> for sitting in the snow. Yeah. <laughs> with your trapping or your predator calling. Is, I'm, I know you can get all kinds of other pads, but hey, they're our sponsor and they're amazing. Right? And you know what? It's it's a good price for a good pad. It and, is. And, and the thing I like about it is it's built to last. It is. That thing's not going to get tore up anytime soon. Um, I've taken mine out on some pretty sketchy rides and some you know sat on some rocks and and you know snow it gets wet it dries out fine it's not going to get ruined so oh yeah yeah i i (laughs) I took mine out with moose i used mine a ton moose hunting this year oh yeah and uh, i was sitting on some nasty stumps and rotten stumps and stuff and i i brought it home and it's designed so you can pop the cover off Mm -hmm. the foam with the cordura cover and throw it in the washer right yep and uh pull it out and looks good as new or you know, maybe stained a little, but hey, that just shows it's been used, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't like going out in the woods, and it's like it's like showing up to a job site, and like you might have all the best tools, but when they all look new, <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> mean anything, right? You got to rub them on the on the asphalt and the dirt a little bit, <laughs> get some right. scratches on. It. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Well, hopefully, you guys have gotten some uh, some good information from this one. Uh, we are going to cut this one off. We have uh, preparations of our own to do for the upcoming season. Yes, we do. Uh, so we're going to get out and do that. Um, you know, again, there's a lot more to the legal side than we talked about in this. We just touched on the big things that we noticed that we thought mm-hmm. were worth mentioning. Um, make sure you are sure of the laws in your area before going out there. We don't want anybody getting hung up, trying to just have fun, go, go get some fur, stay busy during the winter, and then end up getting hung up on some technicality. Right. You know, they spell it all out for you in the book. It's all right there. Um, make sure you're reading it and just make sure you're being like, as you so, so greatly put it, Mo, a good neighbor, Yeah, a good, a, just a good person out in the woods that's working with people, whether it's other trappers or recreational users, snowshoers, skiers, predator hunters, any of that. Right. Um, so just get out there and have fun, be, you know, just enjoy the wintertime. But guys, if you like the show, uh, definitely subscribe. Uh, give us a rating, give us a, uh, written review that goes a long way in helping people, uh, find the show. You know, that's kind of the only way they can find the show right now outside of social media. Um, if you have 
friends that you think might enjoy listening, definitely share it with them. Uh, there's share buttons on every single platform. Yep. You can just send the link right over to your friends through text or Instagram or Facebook or any of the hundreds of messenger apps there are these days. Um, why we need so many. Uh, but <laughs> if you go to, if you do have a question for us pertaining to anything we've talked about on the show or anything you want us to talk about on the show, uh, you can hit us up on our socials. If you search at the Northern Hunter on either Facebook or Instagram, you'll find us there. Uh, we have a contact button on our website at thenorthernhunter.com. We also have a shop page and a partners page where you can find the Stealthy Hunter glassing pad and rifle cover. You can find Beta 907 lures, the links mm-hmm. to all of those sites, and the discount codes that coordinate with each one. Get you a discount, helps them, helps us. We appreciate all the support. We're always trying to put out more content for you guys, get into new avenues, yep. and uh, we really appreciate all the love we've gotten from you guys. And we're going to keep doing this. So, uh, Hopefully you all enjoy the wintertime. Until uh, we see you next week, get out there, get after it, and good luck. See you there. Everybody knows that one of the most important pieces of a hunter's kit is their knife. Whether you're looking for a fleshing blade, a skinning blade, or just a quality, multi-purpose knife for the backcountry, Yukon River Knives has what you need. They offer blades such as the Hunter, Small Game, and the Sendero Bush Knife. Yukon River Knives is based in Texas and has a unique mission goal in that a percentage of all knife sales go to support a missionary in Alaska. Now Dalton, you've experienced with these knives in the field. Talk to us about that. As a matter of fact, I have used a few of their knives and watched my good friend Remy use them for years with great results. They have a micarta handle that doesn't get slippery when it gets wet, and they have phenomenal edge retention for long skinning jobs. Go check out our web link on thenorthernhunter.com and that'll take you directly to Yukon River Knives website to see their full selection and order your knives for your next hunt with the discount code THENORTHERNHUNTER at checkout. And remember, nothing replaces a quality hunting knife.